What is up, Bitcoiners? It's CK, and I sat down with Maximilio Kajuza from Money on Chain. It is an awesome Bitcoin project on the RSK blockchain. We have been getting a lot of these projects that are being built on RSK on the Bitcoin Magazine podcast because I think our audience is frankly just underinformed about what is happening on RSK and what is happening down in LATAM primarily. Uh, it was a really interesting talk with Maximilio. It was a really interesting talk with Max. We went over everything that happened or everything that has happened so far on Money Unchained. What was the impetus of its founding? Uh, why people need a system like Money Unchained and how to use Money Unchained? And most importantly, why Money Unchained is designed for Bitcoin bulls people who want to use Bitcoin, people who want more exposure to Bitcoin. I think this is a really, really good conversation with Max. He goes deep into everything I just talked about. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about the Bitcoin 2021 conference, June 3rd, 4th, 5th in Miami. The third is for our Whale Night, our VIP only event. And you guys, it is going to be awesome we're 100% going to completely sell out of this event. We still have about 50% of tickets left. So you got to get them right now. You can use code Satoshi to get 10% off. We have Jack Dorsey. We have Michael Saylor. We have Nick Zabo. This is going to be the most high profile, the most lit Bitcoin event ever. I mean, after 2020, after all the kind of social distancing, Bitcoiners want this and they are excited and ready. So don't miss out. Go get your ticket right now. Get 10% off with code Satoshi and I'll see you guys in Miami. Enjoy this fantastic podcast with Max from Money on Chain. All right, Max, welcome to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. How's it going? Where are you calling in from, by the way? Thank, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for, for, for having me here. I'm calling you from Uruguay. Okay, awesome. I'm in South America. So I guess let's let's get into a quick introduction. So this is Max, one of the co-founders of Money on Chain, which is a stablecoin system that is built on RSK. And it's very, very interesting. It is now kind of lived through several drawdowns. So it's shown its resilience and robustness. And I'm really excited to chat with Max about this system and, you know, why people are creating, you know, a dollar peg token and how, how the system works and who is using it. So Max, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to the Bitcoin Magazine audience? Okay, well, I'm Max Kafusan. I am co-founder of, of Money on Chain. I've been in, the, in this space in 2011, uh, mostly on Bitcoin. I really like Bitcoin. And I started to work in the space in 2013 when I gave uh, some conferences about Bitcoin here in, in Argentina. I was living in Argentina in 2013. And in 2000, late 2017, uh, we started this wonderful project called Money and Chain. And it is a lot more of a stablecoin platform because we have a product for every taste. We have the dollar and chain for people willing to escape Bitcoin volatility. And one wonderful thing about the, the Dollar on chain is that you can relink your dollar on chain against the smart contract and you are going to 
Bitcoin back. Uh, and then we have another token, that is the token that I like more, that is called Bipro. The Bipro is a token meant for Bitcoin holders. The Bipro allows you to earn um, free leverage. That means that when the price of Bitcoin goes up, the Bipro goes up a little bit higher. And it allows you also to some of the platform fees and um, interest rate by paid by traders. What traders? Well, we have another token that is called BTCX, and the BTCX is a 2x position on the price of Bitcoin. So people buying the BTCX pays an interest rate, and that interest rate goes to the Bipro also. Gotcha, gotcha. Those are like the three nuances, right, with uh, that kind of go into building this mechanism. So you have people who want stability, people who kind of want to be a part of the governance and just kind of like hold Bitcoin, a Bitcoin position. And then you have the double, le the, the levered Bitcoin position. And those three things kind of balance out each other to have a, a you know, a, a robust system. Is that correct? We have a fourth token for governance. So we have the dollar on chain for people willing stability. Then we have the BitPro for long-term Bitcoin holders. Then we have the BTCX for traders. And we have the MOC token to govern the platform. The, uh, actually, the MOC token is not out there yet. We are going to launch late March or in, in April the MOC token. Probably late March, more than April. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. I guess, can you talk a little bit more about the team? You know, who is a part of Money Unchained and what's kind of the inspiration behind building the platform? The, the founders of Money Unchained are three. It's, I work with Alejandro Boxer. Alejandro Boxer is our CTO right now and, and he's the, the best computer science expert that I ever met. I worked with Alejandro for several years in several projects, and it's really a pleasure to work with him. He's a, a very, very professional. He's very, very professional. The first one to join this project was Manuel. I knew Manuel like 15 years ago when I was uh, attending my MBA. We worked like a three years or four years ago, we worked together with Manuel, and, and, and Manuel was the first one to believe in. in I was telling the people for years, I want to make this stablecoin. I want, we as Bitcoiners need this stablecoin. And people were telling me, no, that is, that is impossible. You cannot do a stablecoin using something volatile as collateral. And the inspiration from the project was from my personal need. As I told you, I've been involved with Bitcoin since late. Uh, late. 2011, I, when Tether appeared in the scene, I said, oh, this is the, the solution to the, to the hacks in the exchange. So we can sell our Bitcoins to escape from volatility and park the Tether in our threshold and that is secure. And it, it was evident like three or four months later, it was evident that the Centralization part was a problem. So I started thinking how we can solve this problem, how we can solve this problem. And 2015, I discovered, I, I knew Lito with Tesla Lever, 
And he told me about uh, RSK. So I said, well, I have to wait for RSK to be ready. Then I can develop a stablecoin that will use Bitcoin as collateral. So as soon as the RSK mainnet was ready, I start to to work in, in the our mathematical model to support the stablecoin. Okay. Um, and I mean, you know, what is unique about money on chain is that you're building on RSK. There's a lot of, you know, programmatic, synthetic stable coins on Ethereum, and even the centralized ones are on many platforms at this point. Why RSK? Why Bitcoin? I guess, you know, can you kind of talk about, you know, the, that foundation? Yes. Why Bitcoin? Because it's the better collateral for a stable. Our protocol is robust enough so we could develop a stablecoin using another coin as collateral. But for the mainstream, for, for people in the street or corporates making business with the stablecoin, we believe that they need the best collateral and the best collateral is, 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 is Bitcoin without that because it's the most liquid. Uh, crypto coin is is the less volatile in the crypto world is the, the with the biggest network effect. So we think that if you hold dollar and chain, you can exchange your dollar and chain for local currency in every single country because you with your dollar and chain you can always go to Bitcoin and from Bitcoin you can go to whatever currency. You why on top of RSK? Well, when, when we, we start money and chain, there were no WBTC, so a film wasn't uh, an option. Moreover, today, we think that the RBTC on, on, on RSK is a much better, much secure Bitcoin than WBTC. The RBTC is more decentralized. We feel that RBTC is more decentralized than that. WTC, and that, that is why we are in, in, in RSK. Can you talk a little bit more about RBTC? Diego, actually, the, the co-founder of RSK, was on the podcast just last week, and we did talk about you know some of the components that go into pegging in, the innovations they're doing about pegging in and that UX. But we also kind of talked about you know what level do you actually consider RBTC's decentralization and secureness I think it's obviously more secure than BitGo is just one company that creates WBTC. I think that's a pretty clear line. Yes, exactly. Well, the, the way that the, the two-way payment works is, is very clever because they have uh, notaries and they have mining power making up the pay. And it's very interesting that the that the notaries has no access to the keys. So they actually, there is no one that can steal the funds. That, that is very interesting. Now, of course, the, the peg is kind of slow because it's very secure. You have to wait 100 confirmations to move your BTC to RBTC. But I think that that is not the end of the world. I use the, the, the bridge, I have used the bridge a, a lot of time. And yes, you have to wait like a day for the Bitcoins to go through. 
But there are some companies that are working in fast BTCs, uh, fast eggs, where you can exchange your Bitcoin for RBC in, in, in a very quick way. Yeah, makes sense. So you would say it's the best product out there, and I know that they are working on constantly improving the process. I guess for the Bitcoiners out there who, you know, they have BTC on the BTC chain, they've never touched anything with RSK. Can you kind of talk to them a little bit about like, yeah, if, you know, if participating in money on chain, either with the, the long Bitcoin position, the 2x Bitcoin position, or even the stable coin option, like if that sounds interesting to them, can you walk them through the process of like going from, you know, Bitcoin and cold storage to messing around with the platform? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I want to tell one more thing about that. That is very interesting. Okay, go for it's it. One of the things that why we choose RSK and it's networks. If you have to move the UBTC on Ethereum, you're going to spend like $5 today, probably more. And you can move BTC on the RSK network for 10 cents. And that is wonderful. RSK well, is, how long is that going to last, right? Because well, blockchain know. inherently it inherently has like limitations, right? Especially if it's yes, decentralized. Yes, absolutely. But, but they have a very smart escalation plan. They, they, they know how they are going to escalate the blockchain. They have developed Lumion Network that is like Lightning Network. So you will be able to make off-chain payments on top of RSK and rollups and well, there are a lot of initiatives to escape the RSK blockchain and I think that there is wonderful because of course there is no way to make one billion people to use one coin on, on, on a blockchain that is impossible. You, you need to, to have a plan to escalate and RSK has a plan to escalate and that is wonderful. Uh, so you can enjoy low fees today, and probably we are going to enjoy uh, low fees tomorrow. One thing that, that I cannot answer is um, if the scalability solution will be ready on time, or if we are going to see some increase in, in the in the in the fees before. I, I don't have the answer because you know how this world work in crypto world. People discover something and suddenly they realize that it's wonderful and everybody can be using RFK tools. So the, the process to move your, your BTC to, to RBTC is, is very simple. You can use um, this wallet that is called Depolity, that is the easiest way to transform BTC in, in RBTC. Because they integrate atomic swap, so we, you send your your BTC to your liquidity wallet, and then from your liquidity wallet you choose to exchange BTC for RBTC. They charge zero point four percent. With one confirmation, you have uh, your BTC converted to RBTC. Once you have your RBTC, you can move your RBTC to Nifty wallet using your Trezor or using your 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 ledger, so you can have your RBTC secure in your hardware wallet. And 
once you have your RBTC secure in your hardware wallet, it only takes one click to buy BitPro or Dollar Chain or BTCS. And like, would you recommend that people hodl RBTC? Like, let's say they want to hold their their Bitcoin position for a long period of time. You know, what, what like what's your feelings around RBTC for that, or would you recommend people swap back into on-chain BTC? Very, very interesting question. First of all, I will, I would recommend people to hold BitPro instead of RBTC because you are earning an interest in your But I wouldn't recommend anyone to put 100% of his Bitcoin in, in BitPro. We must to understand that blockchain with smart contract has the biggest surface of attack of the, the Bitcoin blockchain. So no matter how much you have, if you have 0.1 BTC, don't put your whole 0.1 BTC in, in, in RSK or money chain. Just take 20% of your Bitcoins. The, the money that you are willing to invest and to, to and that you are willing to put that money to make passive income for you, that, that is a good idea to put them, that money in, in RBTC and Bitcoin. But I wouldn't recommend anyone to put 100% of their Bitcoins in, in, in money. Because we build money on chain with the top, with security of our top priority. We made thousands of simulations before launching the product. We made two audits. We made uh, formal verification. But software needs time to, it's, it's like the longer you have a software running, the more secure that software is. Man, you generally have one year and three months of history. The protocol was running only by one year and three months in, in the minute. So I wouldn't recommend anyone to put all their Bitcoins in my I think that's a very fair answer for sure. And I don't know, it's interesting. I think that, you know, should people hodl it and is it secure enough is, uh, it's a good question. On the flip side, let's talk about, you know, where money on chain is today. From a liquidity perspective, from a collateral deposited in the, the contract perspective, uh, what are the current stats? Money chain has, it only has like 300 Bitcoins in the protocol. We think that, that we are very, very, very small yet, or so far. But we have like 90% of transactions on RSK network. Last time I checked, it was like 94% of all transactions in RSK are, are, are related to money and chain. And we see adoption every day. Every day we see two, three, four, five new users that come to our platform and issue BitPro or Dollar Chain on, on BTCs. The liquidity in the protocol was very good so far. Haven't any particular liquidity problem so far. There is always available Dollar Chain to redeem, and there is always BitPro to be issued and to be redeemed, and BTCX to be issued and to play. So we are very, very happy and how how the protocol was working or is working. And we are happy with the adoption also. In late March, we are going to make our TGE, the, the MLC token, that is the token that governs the platform, we start to circulate. 
Today, people holding the VPRO are earning um, a promise for those MOCs open folders. So VPRO folders are going to have both and beta in the protocol because they are going to receive so can you i guess i want to talk about the drawdowns that money on pro uh, has experienced but before since you brought up the governance token can you talk exactly about the distribution maybe even lessons learned i'd be curious if you're looking at kind of different methodologies in the ethereum space to do governance and how that's worked we saw well, as I told you, I've been in the space in 2011, so I saw uh, a lot of ICOs and a, a lot of tokens. And one thing that we realized was that most of those tokens were like the token for a video game. Uh, there, were, there was no real utility in those tokens. People generally use the tokens just as a currency and we see no point in using a token as a currency. You already have Bitcoin to use as a currency. So we focus in why we were creating the MOC token. And the MOC token was created because there was a necessity for the MOC token. We need a way to control the platform, to let the platform evolve, to let the platform uh, make the decisions. That is why we have created the MOC token. And the MOC token, you you can stake your MOC token. And if you stake your MOC token, you are allowed to vote, participating in the votes, and you are going to earn the fees generated by the protocol. The distribution of the MOC token holder is 20% for founders and advisors, 20% for early investors, 40% for staking rewards, that is people holding the, the pro or staking the MC token, and 20% for the foundation. But those 20% in terms of the foundation are 50% unlocked and can be used only if the MOC of the brothers want to use that. And the foundation can only sell or, or, or use 5% of, of the token. And the 40% that is going to be distributed between stakers and the proposers will be uh, distributed taking only three, we, we create a pool with just 40% of tokens and then we took 3% every month to distribute between people holders and emotions holders. So that incentive will last for many, many, many years and the distribution will be very, very, very low. Makes sense. It's always interesting because some Bitcoiners are just extremely anti any tokens at all, right? And then some Bitcoiners are, okay, like, you know, this is not money, it's not competing as money. Does it have like cash flows? Does it have a use case? Is it innovating on maybe how a public company is issuing shares? I mean, I've been part of the startup process and I know that shares are issued in a much, much, much more centralized way. You know, so if you were to compare those things apples to apples, you know, I could see this as like a, maybe a future version of a company is kind of like set up this way. I, you know, it's interesting to see all of these kind of experiments playing out. 
One important thing to understand is uh, my five-year-old daughter just found a rabbit. She found a rabbit and she picked a rabbit from the street. It's unbelievable. I, I never know. No one. Now you have a pet rabbit? Yes, now I have a rabbit. <laughs> she found it yesterday. Well, we are trying to find the, the owner of the rabbit, but with no lack of support. Well, uh, I, I, I was telling one important thing is that we don't use the MC as money. We use Bitcoin as money. The Bitcoin chain is backed by Bitcoin. The BitPro is backed by Bitcoin. The BTCX is backed by Bitcoin. The MOC is no money. The MOC is a governance topic. We are not going to use the MOC. We are not going to promote the MOC as a, as a medium of change or anything like that because it isn't. The only thing that you can do with MOC token is to pay the platform fees and to stake and vote on the platform decision. Makes sense. So let's talk about the money on chain system. You know, obviously, if you're issuing out a stable coin, you're also issuing out leveraged positions and it's using Bitcoin as collateral. When Bitcoin's price goes up and down, that exposes the system to volatility, especially when Bitcoin's price goes down. Can you talk about the last two kind of major drawdown that the system's experienced and, you know, how it's fared? Oh, yes. Well, the, the system is very overcollateralized, And that level of overcollateralizations depends on market conditions. For example, when the price of Bitcoin was, I don't know, 4K, the Overcollateralization was three to one. There should be exceed three dollars in Bitpro for one dollar check. But today, for example, because of the price of Bitcoin went up so fast, I will check it right now and tell you exactly the number. Today, the overcollateralization that the was it right here. The target coverage today is 7.58. So today you have to have 7.58 dollars in, in Bitcoin as collateral to be able to issue one dollar on chain. But that is not a problem for people buying dollar on chain because there are two different people. There is people buying the Bitpro and there is another people, can be the same, of course, and there is another people buying the dollar on chain. So if you want to buy $1 on chain, you only have to send $1 in Bitcoin to the system. You don't have to lock $7 for tuition. You just send $1. Why is the over-collateralization ceiling so high? 7x is kind of a lot. Uh, yes. How is that How is that based? Like, who makes that decision? How is that set? Okay, we have an algorithm that decides that, and the algorithm is very simple. We took the we take the 200 moving moving average price, and we treat the bitcoins like if the price of the bitcoin were the 200 200 days moving average, and we ask for three three to one collateralization, taking account the 200 days moving average. So why that is why today the organization is so high and why when we were 4K the organization was only three to one. Yeah, well I mean actually, well yes. I, I use I use the 200 day moving average in the multiple 
for my 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 investing strategy. So when it's one or below one in terms of the ratio of Bitcoin price to the 200-day moving average, that's typically a very good time to be buying Bitcoin. Uh, and right now mm-hmm. it's like 2.5, which is you know it's kind of getting to the expensive side of Bitcoin in terms of the long-term price versus the current price. Exactly, and we have to assure the portfolios that this system won't collapse. So today. Even the 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 collateralization that we are asking is seven point six. The real over collateralization that the system has at this moment is nine point seventeen. So the price of Bitcoin could drop ninety percent right now as we talk, and nothing would happen to the system. Everything will continue to work perfectly. And when the price of Bitcoin goes down really really fast and really really down and the liquidation price is is near, there are some incentives in the system for people to add collateral. Uh, For example, there is an obvious incentive to buy the BTCX, because when the price of Bitcoin goes down, the leverage of the BTCX goes high, so we are getting a lot of leverage almost for free on the BTCX. And if the price of Bitcoin continues to go down, then the system is allowed to sell it pro at a discount to prevent um, to prevent liquidation. But if the price of Bitcoin goes down by 90, 99% in one minute, well, the system won't liquidate. The system will just freeze for, a, for, for some time to let the price recover. And if the price never recovers, well, then most insurance holder can vote to liquidate the system. But the system won't liquidate. The, the guys that are going to be liquidated if we have a 50% drop are the, the guys holding the BTCS, the 2x position on the price of Bitcoin. So of course, you, you, you have bought 2x leverage. So with the price of land by 50%, you are going to be liquidated. But the BPRO and the dollar and chain are not going to. Makes sense. I mean, it's interesting to hear the differences between this system and something like MakerDAO on Ethereum. Another big difference is, like you said, there's a presumption that fees are going to stay manageable on RSK and they have a plan and a clear path to scaling too. So that can be important in the liquidation state, right? Because there was some debacles with MakerDAO around ETH being bought for $0, just a massive transaction fee when there's massive congestion on the network. But there is a fundamental difference between MakerDAO and Manual Chain. And the fundamental difference is that in, in MakerDAO, you have these CDPs, individual CDPs. They can get liquidated. But in Manual Chain, you only have a big pool. So there are no partial liquidations. You, you liquidate every BTCX at the same time if the price of people goes down by 50%. That happened on March 13th. And that's all, just one transaction. And so there is no problem with a complicated network or price volatility. Uh, we design manual chain thinking about that the network will get complicated sooner or later. And there will be a lot of volatility sooner or later. And both things are going to happen at the same time, most probably. So I want to transition the conversation to the users of Money on Chain, the users of RSK. It sounds like it, you know, these 
these protocols are still kind of in early days in terms of adoption. I know, yes. you know, in North America, I think RSK is very underrated. You're obviously in Uruguay. The RSK team is, you know, in Argentina and around LATAM. Can you kind of talk about adoption and usage and who's using these platforms and why? We see uh, uses from all around the, the world, but most of our users are located in Venezuela and Argentina. That is typically for me. People in the United States or Europe doesn't understand the need of a stable coin rather than, than trading. Of course, if you're trading, you need a, a stable coin. But if you are a normal people living in, in the US, you don't need a stable you already have the dollar. If you are living in Germany, you don't need a stable coin. You already have the euro. But if you are living in Argentina, where you have 40, 45, 60% of inflation, and you're not allowed to buy US dollar, but you're allowed to buy Bitcoin, you need a stable coin for saving, for day-to-day transaction. You cannot, if, if you are a worker, you are a designer, you cannot allow you to, you, you, you cannot have all your money in Bitcoins because the Bitcoin is very volatile. And you know, you cannot have your money in Texas, Argentinos, or Bolivar, Venezolanos, because the inflation kills you. So a uh, stable coin for them is, is a matter of life or, or death. And you cannot use USDC on, on Ethereum. Or Before you have to pay ten dollars to move a coin, that is not realistic for normal people. I want to pay the pizza or want to pay the the, the, the barbecue to a friend. So the, 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 the real people is using uh, dollar on chain in Argentina. There are some companies paying salaries in, in Venezuela, Uruguay, and Argentina using the dollar on chain. And we have a very interesting community of Bitcoin holders holding the Bitpro. And why in Argentina? Because people know us in Argentina. Nobody knows who I am in the United States or in Europe. But people know me in Argentina because I've been in this place for seven years, nine years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm... It's, it, I think there's an Andreas Antonopoulos quote saying that when you're in the West, you have to explain to people why Bitcoin is important. But when you go to when you go to places that historically have not had good fiat money and historically have suffered from a lot of inflation, it's, you, you don't have to explain why it's important. You just have to explain how to use it and how to access it. Exactly. You don't have to explain the stablecoin to Argentina. You just got to explain how to use it. And they start to use it immediately. It's, it's unbelievable. Some, the other day, uh, a friend called me. Um, he sent me some stuff that I have to pay. So I said, well, I can send you dollar and chain. He told me, well, how does that work? Well, I explained him how does that work. And he started using it immediately. And now he's happy using dollar and chain and transferring dollar and chain to bank and bank to dollar and chain to pay other things. And in Argentina, it's you need this. So can you tell me, like, let's talk about the liquidity, right? Like, obviously, people are able to go from dollar on chain to fiat 
you know, that's important. You mentioned that the fact that you can immediately go to BTC and then go to fiat like that always exists. But what what are the what's the liquidity for dollar on chain to fiat in Argentina or in Venezuela? Well, there is a company called Crypto Markets. Um, they do dollar to dollar chain, dollar chain to dollar, and dollar to bank account and bank account to dollar. And there is another one, a, a very big one that is working in, in the whole. I am not sure if I can say the name, um, but they are going to start doing the chain to bank, going to the chain in, in like 144. Countries. In Argentina, there is, there is also the Fiant wallet, that is a mobile wallet that already integrates um, dollar and chain to bank account and bank account to dollar chain. So it's very easy and very practical to use. Because you, you receive your salary in pesos and immediately you move your pesos to dollar and chain and stay in your dollar and chain until the day you can suspend those dollars. So two questions, uh, and I know we're we're kind of getting up to uh, our time limit. But last question is like, do these fintech companies also take Bitcoin, or is or is this just uh, a, a exclusive dollar on chain kind of? Uh, service? No, no. These, these companies they also take Bitcoins and and RBC, of course. Actually, they were working with um, with BTC before they start working with chain and RBTC and Bitpro. But they are like fans of money and chain. So most of the, the, the most of the work is, is with money and chain, with dollar and chain and RBTC. Awesome. Well, hey, Max, I definitely need to have you back on. I have a lot more questions and uh, I know we're out of time. want to give you one last moment to plug yourself and uh, tell people where they can learn more about yourself as well as Money on Chain. If you want to go, if you want to learn money about Money on Chain, please go to our page www.moneyonchain.com. There you have a community page where you have the Telegram, the 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 Discord, the, the forum, and everybody is welcome to join, discuss, and use the product. From the idea of this protocol, that it will be an open protocol. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people find out more about you? Are you on Twitter or anything like that? Yes, I am. I'm in Twitter. Um, at Max Kahusan. Okay. Well, we'll put that in the show notes so people can find that easily. Everyone, thank you for listening to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. Thank you, Max, for for joining and sharing, you know, and answering all of my tough questions. You guys can find me at CK underscore snarks. Make sure to give us a five star review. Make sure to rate and share the podcast. It means a lot for everything. And go check out the Bitcoin 2021 conference as well. Peace. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. 
do your own research. 